everyone, welcome back and thank you for tuning in to the Triune Podcast. I am really excited for this episode because Riley Osborne, the founder and the co-host of the Human Histories Podcast, is on this episode. Riley is from Canada and so is his co-host and they are just two dudes with a lot of history. And uh, I got to sit down with Riley and, you know, swap stories about history, talk about the importance of history and why we ought to know it so that we're not doomed to repeat ourselves. Um, a lot of things about history that are oddly similar to today's life and just, you know, overall things that are just really cool about history that we would all be better off to know. Riley and Ashton have started this podcast about three months ago and they are just progressing rapidly and they are just a great platform to listen to uh, as far as history goes. Them and Dan Carlin with Hardcore History would be my top two history podcasts that I currently listen to. Obviously, this guy's awesome. He was in the military for Canada. He does mixed martial arts. He's traveled a lot of places, so he has a lot of perspective. Um, he's got a pretty great outlook on life, and he's a real solid dude. Uh, if you want to listen to more of his content, you can find Human History Podcast on most platforms and on Instagram. On their Instagram in the bio, they have a link tree that you can click on, and it takes you to all their content and their website and other different places that you can learn more about them and just absorb their content. It was really awesome to talk to Riley. Um, I think it's super valuable to be well-versed on history. And Riley himself is definitely well-versed on the subject of human history. So without any further ado, let's get to the episode. But right before we get to that, be sure to follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and subscribe to the podcast on all the other listening platforms. And thank you for supporting and listening and engaging and just following us all up until this point. It's been a real blessing. Uh, I look forward to putting out more uh, awesome episodes out there for you. I look forward to talking to more people. It's obviously my passion, so I'm really thankful for all the love and support. Uh, if you feel like you want to support the podcast more, uh, a website is being built currently where you can buy merchandise and or give donations on a regular basis if you want. There's a donation page already on patreon.com slash George Shadburn. And then also the podcast uh, domain website uh, through Anchor also has a donation page that you can donate to as well. Other than that, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, this is Riley Osborne with Human Histories, and this is the Triune Podcast. Osborne, thank you so much for coming on the show. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you? Good, good. You are the uh, you are the co-host of Human Histories podcast, and I wanted to have you on the show because uh, you know I interview people of all different walks of life and everything. But from the content that I've watched you and your co-host talk about, and your co-host name is Ashton, correct? Yeah. Cool. You guys have been peeling back a lot of the uh, unexplored parts of human history that I never learned in high school or growing up, and it's been really interesting to me uh, just as far as how much that applies like today and like looking at today's society and just how easily we can look back on history and see how familiar all this is. Uh, so, you know, what I just kind of wanted to get started with was asking you, uh, how in the world did you and your friend get into this and why did you get into it? Yeah, you know, it's cool that just to touch on what you first said there, where we're sort of diving into, we like to relate the past to the present. 
And that's sort of why we didn't, you know, there's a lot of history podcasts that focus on a really specific historical topic where they'll be like, hey, uh, the whole podcast will be about the American Revolution or about Roman history or something. We decided to not do that and decided to sort of do a more like open approach and just sort of hop into different areas of history because we think that there's so many lessons to learn. And it's fun to expose people to new historical topics and expose ourselves to new historical topics, right? Because we're always mm-hmm. looking to learn and get better and get more knowledgeable. So mm-hmm. that that was the main reason that we sort of went with that template. Because, you know, one week you'll be listening about the American Revolution and the next week you're talking about the Huns in Europe and, yeah. and stuff like that. So it's super cool because, I mean, for me, I, I've sort of put myself in a box historically a lot just by only researching topics that I thought were super cool. So right. now we've sort of been diving into topics that I didn't know about. And and like you said, you know, like we're, we're really entering territory that I wasn't even expecting to go into. Mm-hmm. So, so it's been super fun, but you know, we got into it. It was funny. A couple of years ago, we lived in the same city and I actually moved away, but we would go to this hookah lounge. You know what hookah is? yeah the tobacco yeah i did it once with my cousin we got terribly sick so haven't done it since yeah no it's which is funny because tobacco makes me really like i I don't like tobacco but hookah i I was able to to enjoy it at least but it was more just the atmosphere the atmosphere we would sit there for like four hours and just like have these awesome conversations and we were like man you know it'd be fun to do a podcast one day and then Mm -hmm. one night i was just sort of not able to sleep and i thought of the human histories idea i pitched it to him and he was like 100 percent, let's do it and we've just been you know it's only been not even two months yet we got seven episodes up and we're just hammering it you know it's it's awesome each episode takes probably about 20 hours of research and work but it, mm. it's just worth it because i think that the content we're producing is like genuinely good and it's something that i can like confidently put my face on and so mm. that's why that's why we got into it because we've always been super into history. Like it's just like yeah. been a, a fun topic for us to research. So it was like, why not like pass this information on, make something cool out of it and also get to research it more ourselves. You know, that, that's yeah. kind of what we were doing. Well, that, that's, that's interesting to me too, because like my grandfather is a major history buff and, and he was a Vietnam veteran and stuff. And he retired as a general from the army, but he collects Damn. history book after history book. And one of the things that he's just like reiterated to me over and over and over is like, you can learn the most about today by learning more about history. And, you know, one of the things that I, I wanted to ask you as like, as you have progressed and done more and more of these topics that are, you know, not typical to learn in school and everything, have you, have you kind of learned, uh, I guess, how should I word this? So like for today, like modern society is starting to have a lot different of a look at history than probably we were looking at history in the nineties. You know what I mean? So, with what you've been looking at in today's history, is there any like misconceptions or different angles of history that you have just kind of come across yourself and Ashton that you probably like had to change from high school or growing up? A hundred percent. You know, I would agree with you that people are taking a, a strange dive into history nowadays because history is this amazing tool we can use to learn things from our past. But it's often being used now, you know, to vilify certain people. And it's really silly because the more you look into history, if you really, really educate yourself in history, you'll realize just how similar we all are. You know, how the flaws that humans have done are universal. They're across the board. There's no one group of people that has done worse things than the groups of people before them. You know, humans are inherently flawed. So I think that, you know, something that does bother me as an amateur historian is when I see people where they'll do this like very, very short dive into a certain historical topic just to facilitate some sort of political argument. And then they won't really continue to do research to expand their knowledge, which they would realize would then disprove whatever argument they were trying to come forward with. And that's one of the reasons that we really tried to we do our best to make sure that the show is completely apolitical. 
we keep politics completely out of it and we always say i want to use history and i want to sort of watch it on the sidelines i don't want to act like i'm some guy that's going to go in and be like oh i would have known better i would have done xyz here i would have done this and it's like you have no idea what you would have done you have no idea what the people were thinking and acting at the time but what we can do is we can take notes we can learn what we've seen and then we can prevent making these mistakes again that's all you can do you know you can't go back and change it you can't go back and be like or you can't even say like, oh, who were these people? Because it's like, you don't know. That was 400 years ago or 300 years ago. You have no idea what was going on. You genuinely right. can't understand. And then we have so many examples of, you know, terrible things that are still happening today. Yeah. Like actively right now. Right. And it's like right. people aren't really people aren't really taking that lesson because a lot of the time, you know, ego gets involved where people want to feel like they would have done better. And it's right. like, you can't look at history like that. So I think that I don't know if that answers you know what you were it asking. Does. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Well, the, one of the things that I I saw in one of your episodes, you were talking about kind of objectively looking at Attila the Hun and you know just how him and you know uh, the rest of his tribe, I guess you could call it, would conquest and they would conquer these lands, and you kind of brought up this perspective of like you know we all look at that as just insanely evil and absurd like today but that was another tuesday for you know attila the hun and you know genghis khan and the the tribes up in mongolia uh but what i wanted to ask like since we're able to look back hundreds of years and we're able to be like well uh, you know of course that was wrong right like we can all sit there and point out the flaws pretty easily do you think there that there's an objective way to look at today's modern history and like kind of to bring it closer to home it's more looking at the history of literally maybe this year like the attack like the 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 pro the protest at the capitol you know what i'm saying it was egregious like it was it was crazy but then like the riots that happened in 2020 or the riots that happened in 1994 or the history of like very recent america is there an objective way to look at that now or is there do we still have to wait for a window to kind of look back at all this stuff what would your opinion be i think that it's sort of you have to really just try your best to be understanding as much Mm -hmm. as possible of everything and that comes down to the you know i'm I'm canadian i'm not super stressed about american politics or american frankly like like american issues are not my primary lens because i have we have we've got issues here as well this you know canada far from a perfect country yeah like far from a perfect country but I think it's interesting because, you know, I, I see a lot of people, there's a quote from a book. I don't know if you're a patriot. I'm super patriotic. I absolutely love my country. But there's a, a, a quote from a book on tyranny. And it's it, the whole book is sort of, it's a lesson about how to prevent tyranny. And, and the book talks about being a patriot. It talks mm-hmm. about what not a patriot isn't. But, you know, one of my favorite lines is that, like, a patriot loves his country and wants it to do better. So I think that when you really can bring everyone down to a level of human like humanity yeah be like man what's the end goal of everyone doing these actions every side of the political spectrum it's almost always except for the extremes there are extremists but they're irrelevant to talk about like they genuinely are right so if you're talking to the average person either american canadian british whatever normally their goal is to make the country better is to make life better for the people in it so 100 percent now we're all on the same page right and it's funny because you have all these people that are so angrily arguing and it's like but you're all on the same page at the end of the day you all want the same thing so why not just sit and have a conversation about it and i think that when you exactly right and i think that when you really dive into to history you can see these repetitions over and over again and once you have these lessons that you can look back on so much is already like written in the sand. We have it. Yeah. it. It's history. Genuinely, I genuinely, it's better than fiction, and it's crazier than than half the fiction stories. Like some of the stuff that I'm finding out over and over again, I would, I, I can't even wrap my head around it. It's so, yeah. it's so incredible. So, you know, to to be able to relate those two things is is really liberating. And mm-hmm. when you can see like 
when you can have conversations with people that, you know, maybe they have certain opinions on things and you can be like, well, you know, like this has been done before or, well, yeah, I agree like this X, Y, Z or yeah, there is issues that haven't been resolved or there's underlying problems. Like when you actually have done the research, it gives you a much better idea of what's yeah. going on. And the research has to be has to be as open minded as possible. You know, I uh, I remember I've I've you know, I was um like 18, 19 and I was serving in the military and I just wanted to expand my my scope of of human cultures as much as I could and I just ever since I've just been trying to travel to as many different places as possible. You know, I've I've been to Latin America, I've been to Africa, I've been to, you know, all over Europe, Eastern Europe, Western Europe, wow. all over the place. And, and it, it's, it's really awesome, because every time you do that, and then every time you can, and then, you know, me being a, a, a super history interested, I, I dive into the history of these cultures, over and over again, you see these just consistent and constant repetitions, no matter, no matter the culture, it's just like over and over then there's so many things that are the same. And it's like, at the end of the day, you're like, oh, okay, like, we're actually a lot more similar than people think we are, you know, yeah. just across the board. And it's really just an awesome. Uh, yeah, it's an awesome thing to, to know, you know, it's just an awesome tool to have in your tool in your toolbox. So uh, is there anything that has just, uh, I guess, since you've said that the more you've dug up, like the more you've had your mind blown with some of the things that you learned? Uh, one of the things that I actually wanted to ask you about, uh, one of the episodes that you had was talking about like a dark chapter in Canada's history, talking about the residential school system with native Americans and, uh, kind of, I, I didn't get a chance to like peel apart that subject entirely, but to me, that seems to be something of like, why aren't we more aware of like blatantly, uh, evil situations like that today and like why don't we investigate that more are there other things that you've come across that would just seem like a step like have has blown your mind basically the thing that i will say blows my mind more than the specific historical topics that are egregious is how consistent they are across all human cultures really you know for example like there's this story of like, I, I forget, I'm, I'm actually blanking on which tribe it was, but it was in South America, and they would just go and completely decimate their opponents, right? Mm. And then yeah. you can expand that and be like, and then here comes the colonials, and they decimated their opponents, right? right. And, and it's just very consistent that human beings are vicious to the quote unquote the other right so whatever community is not what they identify as they yeah. just decimate them over and over again in history yeah you know touching on the huns the huns did that they would just pull up and be like well you're not a hun if you're giving us a problem they decimate them so right. it's really consistent so you have to you have to be like okay this is something that human beings do consistently yeah identify that now that you're living in the real world that that is a consistent thing that human beings do. Now you can move forward and prevent it from happening again. You can, you know, bring in, you know, as much uh, education as possible on different cultures and different people, really make sure that people feel like they're part of a community. You know, the residential schools, like, obviously I was not personally affected. Um, right. Like, so, so it's, it's something that's, not at the forefront of Canadian education. Like yeah. I, I barely touched on it in high school. And it's like, dude, we need to know this. Like Canadians yeah. need to know this, you yeah. know, and they're talking about putting it on the $5 bill and stuff like putting Tommy friends, who was the, the guy of the episode. That's the guy yeah, we talked yeah, about. Yeah. They're talking about putting him on the $5 bill, like cool stuff like that, because that can sort of bring this information to the forefront. And I think that People that, you know, want to make their political statements or whatever or want to, you know, have negative relationships with people. They'll take that story and they'll be like, look how terrible Canada is. You suck, blah, blah, blah. Like I see it every Canada Day every year. Mm -hmm. But I yeah. say, you know, this is something that is consistent over human history is really bad treatment of each other. So now mm -hmm. that we know this, now that we've gone back, done the education, now we know where we can go with this. And that comes down to, to, to 
you know, wanting the best for your country is to be able to identify its issues, accept them as they are, and then improve on those issues. And really, like, like, you know, not knowing these topics can be really problematic. And then once you know it, and once you sort of have that difficult conversation with yourself, you can sort of be like, okay, I understand. And now it, it just sort of opens up this, this massive level of understanding as to the issues of what's going on, and how we can do better, you know? And I think that's kind of what we try to do a lot on the show is we sort of try to relate ancient people to modern people and relate ancient issues to modern issues and also just, like, educate people. And it's so cool. We just did our last episode. It was just released today, actually. It was on the Ionian Revolt, which happened in 500 BC, so, you know, 2,500 years ago. And it's incredible because... When you read like the writings that they wrote and the issues that they were dealing with on a personal level, like human beings were so similar 2,500 years ago to how they are now. Like they're not different. Like the issues they dealt with were the same, you know, and it's so crazy that here we've been doing this over and over and over and over and over again. And people have what what we call it. It's called like a recency bias when it comes to history where they think that these things are are new and it's like it's not. And, and, And it's the lack of educating people on history that yeah. we're repeating these issues. Well, it just, it, it makes you wonder too, like since it's happened over and over and over, are, are we destined to repeat ourselves? You know, like, is it, is it human nature? Is it, is it some sort of genetic aspect? Is there just something that's not clicking? And for me personally, it just kind of seems more like back then it was tribes it was tribalism it was you know what land do you literally live in or what do you look like or you know whose ancestors do you have but now to me it seems like it's it's more of a turn into ideology i guess you could say because the jerseys that are being you know kind of distributed here is like are you are you liberal or are you conservative are you like progressive or are you like, you know, literally anything else? And I don't know what to say to people as far as like, have we seen this in human history? Has there ever been a war on ideologies? And, you know, I wouldn't know what to tell people about that because it seems like, like what you just said, repetitively, it's, we've been doing this for 2,500 years, at least more, more than that, more like probably 4,000 years, but it just seems like the, the name of the game has changed from tribes and blood to ideology. And I don't know what to tell people about that and like what to expect coming from that because what happens when it, when an idea wins, you know, do we snuff out the other idea or are the people that just happen to be stronger and like more uh, populated to that ide- ideology like going to be the ones that win or will the idea itself win? Um, I really, I don't know what to tell people about that because it seems like it's the first time in human history that that's occurred. But have you seen examples of that in history where there's been more of a war on ideas instead of tribes? Um, you know, you could look at the American Revolution. You could yep. look at um, a lot of what happened when communism was surf- first kicking off. There was a lot of that. Uh, but I will say that, you know, it's interesting. You, 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 know, you mentioned tribalism and stuff like that. Even 2,500 years ago, they were quite far away from tribalism. Mm. The Persian Empire, the Athenians, the, the Spartans, these, were, these weren't tribal people. But what it was was life was so difficult that you had to be more focused on your own society. Does that make sense? So we now have this luxury where we can sort of look at the world more globally. And that and and like, don't forget that that is something that's amazing for people that live in the Western world, like we are incredibly fortunate. That's like step one, we are. And we have a lot of people that still need our support within our own communities. So that that's what people talk about a lot when they're talking about trying to focus more on helping their own community because they feel a lot that sometimes we're lacking our own people, which I would agree with a lot, you know? Um, but it's interesting what you say about ideologies. Something that helps me the most when I said our show is completely apolitical 
And the reason that and I, I try myself to be as apolitical as possible because I believe genuinely that almost always, unless someone's a complete extremist, someone will have something to teach you. And right. when you can sort of enter, you know, conversations like that, it can help a lot, you know, with how your understanding is. And so what you're saying about the jerseys and stuff like that is something that what I will say is, you know, for your American listeners, as someone who's not an American, mm-hmm. I, I, I genuinely have never seen the celebration of political parties like I see it in, in that country. And no it, it's very strange to me, you know, um, because you'd never see like our prime minister, Justin Trudeau, you'd never see a guy with a Trudeau flag. Like I've never seen right. that genuinely and, or, or whatever it is. And, and so I think that it can become dangerous when you sort of approach your political ideology like you would approach your favorite football team or your favorite soccer team or something like that. Because what you're doing is you're putting yourself in a box. So you're putting yourself in an ideological box where mm. if, if, if you want to be part of this team, you have to believe X, Y, Z. It shouldn't be like that. In fact, if you are going to make an educated decision politically, I would say that you have to... If you agree with everything someone says, you're not thinking hard enough. You should mm-hmm. always have disagreements. You know, yeah. your 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 picks should always be based on who 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 closest gets you as as a person. You know, who closest represents you. But if you're completely perfectly represented, then you're not testing your ideology enough. So so yeah. that's kind of what I would say to that. It's it's like I like I've never seen someone in the political spectrum that I was like Oh, yes, everything they say is perfect. I've never seen that. I never will, you know, and that's because I try to enter every situation like, like, what's going on here? Right. And I I often will look to the past to be like, well, what happened here? And then you can sort of put it all together. You know, it's cool. Like humans are so amazing. And we've done so many different styles of of societal structures. Like we've structured a society in so many different ways. Um, like, Like I was talking about this last episode we just did. The Greeks were just sort of just sort of starting democracy. They were just figuring out what it was. And actually, the Ionian revolt was because the Ionians, who were sort of a descendant of the Greeks, were seeing what the Greeks were doing, bringing forth democracy. You know, and it wasn't really democracy by any stretch of the imagination at the time, but they were, they were yeah. getting it together, and they wanted to be part of that. And they were under this Persian empire, so they revolted against the Persians and tried to fight back. And, and it created you know, the battle at Thermopylae and the battle of uh, Marathon, which is why like, we wanted to really paint that picture, because most people, don't, they only know about those two big battles. But like, it, it's important that we understand that there's a million different ways to, to structure human society, and yeah. that most people would agree that the way we're doing it now is pretty good as far as as far as we've done it in the past but there's still a lot of room to improve so just like i don't know man like i just just you have to accept that every time you think a thought you could be wrong and if you do that and i don't mean like like everyone's wrong about things i mean like personally like when i think something i'm like i could be totally wrong here and i think that that has been the, the biggest factor for me when it comes to learning things because when i'm going into history when i'm diving into a topic and something's different from what i originally thought it was i don't go no it doesn't make sense no and and dismiss it i'm like oh wow like i was wrong for the past you know 10 years of my life i've been incorrect about this and then you just sort of move forward right so it's it's important to try to do that it makes me wonder too like on down the road i mean who knows what will happen in the next 10 years but you know let's say we look down the road at a hundred years, um, in your opinion, with the study of different empires, you know, the Persian empire, Mongolian empire, Roman empire is, is there a commonality that you see with Western civilization, um, along with all the other empires that we've studied in human history? Is there kind of like, uh, every empire kind of starts out this way and then they all kind of fall because of this. And do you think, Western civilization is any different or do you think that, um, you know, it's going to be pretty typical? I don't know. Honestly, I haven't thought about it that much. I I just hope that we can sort of, you know, I don't think that we'll see any massive falling of empires anymore. I think that 
because the world's so global, everyone relies on each other a lot more than they used to. So it, it would be much more difficult to just sort of crush an opponent and get any sort of gain out of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I would just say that when shifts of power inevitably happen is if you can sort of keep the freedom of speech intact and keep mm -hmm. the freedom of expressions intact, you'll be overall okay. Because those are the two things that are most important to modern civilization. That's what makes Western civilization improve consistently. In my opinion, I, I've seen a lot of improvement. You know, it's slow and it's steady. But when you compare it to the past, there is improvement. And I think that that comes from the fact that people can have opinions and not be, you know, I don't know, you know, murdered yeah. for it. <laughs> right? No, I know what you mean. Do you think we're on a road to like losing that privilege or do you think everybody kind of is a little paranoid for no reason? I mean, for me, I, I, I have a lot of history talks with my grandfather, like I, like I said, and you know, the, like what you just said, the freedom of speech is one of the greatest things about Western civilization. But then it seems like now more than ever, it's, it's one of the most delicate things and it's just kind of unprecedented on, you know, how we're going about deciding what free speech should and shouldn't be. And it seems like we're not like kind of finding this objective middle ground. And it, it just makes me wonder, uh, how delicate it is that free speech is in Western civilization and, in your opinion, do you think it's here to stay or do you think there possibly is a coin toss on what freedom of speech looks like for the near future? That's that's a tough question. Um, yeah. Because it, human societies as we've built them are incredibly delicate. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we can look to history and see that in the blink of an eye, everything that has been built can be destroyed by mm -hmm. people within their own societies. Um, yeah. So it, it's it's something that could easily stay for a thousand years, you know, as yeah. long as people consistently see its value. Mm -hmm. But, you know, people that are worried about it and people that, you know, make want to make sure that, you know, we maintain the ability to speak freely, um, they, need to, they need to understand that that is still the number one priority. Yeah, because it can it can go away like really, really quickly yeah. uh, in the blink of an eye over the course of two, three years, your entire society can be turned upside down. Like we've seen that happen over and over again. So yeah. it's something that you just have to be consistently aware of, you mm. know, and, and it's 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 tough because freedom of speech. You have to entertain people that you really disagree with. Yeah, you have to sort sure. of be like, OK, you're allowed to think that. Yeah. Um, and that's frustrating. Like, I, I understand how frustrating that is. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, but you have to you have to do that to be able to see the amazing things that we've accomplished and the amazing improvements we've made in society. You know, I've yeah. always said that our our biggest successes at one point that we see now, at one point, they were the minority. They were yeah. the outlying topics. And then they slowly got brought into our society because no one could shut up the people that were having these opinions. They were yep. allowed to just keep having them and keep keep protesting or keep posting up their signs and stuff like that. They were allowed to keep doing that. And eventually society over 40, 50 years comes around, right, generally. Yep. And so that's an, an amazing feat that we're able to accomplish. And yep. unfortunately, to be able to do that ever you have to accept that there's going to be a lot of people that have topics that you don't like and that right. are never going to be accepted widely. But if you don't sort of have that freedom to do that consistently, you have to instead appoint a committee of people that get to decide what gets said and what doesn't get said, Yeah, which is ridiculous. It's inherently flawed and will instantly corrupt itself. So right. as we've seen over and over again, generally. Yeah. Um, so so that's that's something that I will say. The one the one thing that 
I've always just consistently believed in is is freedom of speech and expression. Yeah. I think that everyone gets that right. I agree. I agree completely. Um, transitioning a little bit, actually. So um, obviously learning history and human history, especially is one of the healthiest things that we could probably do for, you know, our, our intellectual minds and our perspective. But one thing that I noticed when I did a little digging on you is that you are a, a mixed martial artist. And also what you've talked about is serving in your military. You've been to different parts of the world. Um, do mixed martial arts and uh, traveling to other places in the world, especially serving in the military, have they been a positive uh, growth or perspective gainer in your life? Have you learned a lot of life lessons in those areas? And if so, um, could you share like what, what you've grown in those areas with? Um, yeah, I think that, you know, I think everyone should do mixed martial arts of some kind. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually, uh, by the way, but yeah. Yeah. Jujitsu is, jujitsu is probably the best just cause you're not going to take any brain damage. I tore my rotate. I tore my rotator cuff my first jujitsu class and was like, I'm never doing that again. And oh just, no! <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, I feel it every day. But I, I, I've been doing um, Muay Thai for anyone that's listening. I've been doing that for years, and I love it. But the thing that's biggest about martial arts is they're the biggest like ego crusher you'll ever experience. No doubt. And if, yeah, exactly right. And and if you no have the I've seen so many people because I've been doing it for years, right? So I've seen so many people come in to a month, two months, and then they go away, right? And and it's consistently after their maybe first or second sparring session that they stop coming because they get beat up. And people yep. people tell themselves over their entire life that they're tough guys or they can fight or whatever. And then they come and they that ego gets crushed. Yeah. And it's like to even to ever get good or decent at mixed martial arts, you have to have your ego totally obliterated so many times that it, it really helps um, helps just develop a, a more patient and less egotistical person. You oh, know? Yeah. I, and obviously, I'm by no means without ego. I, I'm not a perfect human being by any stretch of the imagination. But yeah. I will say that you know, just looking back at who I was before I started mixed martial arts and, and, and after it's, um, it, it's definitely, I've definitely developed a lot, you know, and, and the military as well. They just, you show up as some, I did personally, as I just showed up as this 18 year old kid and, you know, Canadian infantry is, it's six months of training and, you know, I just got crushed. <laughs> and, yeah. and then, and then it was once I was in, in battalion, I remember, thinking to myself, I was like, okay, you know, I can either just sort of keep sucking and cause I was not a good soldier when I first started, I was like, I can either, you know, be bad or I can just put my ego in the back seat and try to learn as much as possible. And, you yeah. know, now it's five years later and I, I feel like, you know, a lot, a lot, I, I, I pat myself on the back a little bit and be like, man, I'm a good soldier. Like this is a, a, something I'm good at. And it was just yeah. because I never walked into any training classroom and was like, I know this topic. And it's funny, right. like I see people that they'll go into a classroom that they've maybe they've done this this pistol test five times already and they think they're just good to go and it's funny because i'll have done it 10 times and i'll walk into that same classroom and i'm like let's let's train you know what i mean let's do these repetitions right. and because there's never a day in any topic where you know everything you think scientists go into work and they're like i know everything today you think, you know, you think people that are uber successful go into any place thinking that they already have it all down? Like, that's not how that's not how it works, you know, and that even we can go back to that being in the societal frame when people they, they walk into these conversations acting like they know what they know what humanity needs as a society. And it's like, well, no, if you all came together and we're like, we'd actually don't know, we none of us know, then, yeah. you know, we could probably come to much better conclusions and much much better conversations much much yeah. more human interactions so so yeah. yeah i mean that's 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 what i use use all that information for mostly now you know is just sort of learning you know i i, I tell everyone man i i try my best to just be a sponge in every situation yeah. so you, you keep doing that you know I'll, i'm gonna go back and start jujitsu when the world opens back up it's right? good for you, man. It's good for you. It, yeah, uh, you and, know. and I know that I'm just going to get obliterated over and over again. You know, you just got to accept <laughs> As that. long as you know it, then, you know, it, it won't be that bad when it happens, you know. 
Uh, one of the things that like it, it's so relatable, even even with Muay Thai. Like the one thing that I'll say though, like uh, kind of differentiating between jujitsu and Muay Thai is like what I say is if jujitsu is water, then Muay Thai is fire, and that like just kind of thinking about it with that mentality. But there is just something about going in there and like having people that don't look as tough as you or as big as you or have as much muscle as you do just come in there and tying you in knots or like even doing combinations on you in Muay Thai that like you just don't even understand and making you feel silly. It makes you carry yourself different. And that was just the thing. Like when I started jujitsu, I actually thought like I had the flu for like six months cause I would go home and my neck was just like so swollen and beat up from like <laughs> getting just choked over and over and over. My body thought like I was just, I, I had like an infection or something, but it, it has been like definitely something where, you know, you can relate. It, it, it's, it's almost as if like when you translate it to life, uh, there's a lot of situations where you feel a lot of pressure but then you like already know in yourself like, okay, I'm in a tight spot, but I'm not dead yet. I'm still breathing. I'm still moving. I can still, I can still throw a kick or I can throw a punch or, or I can still maneuver like to get out of this disadvantageous position and get a little breathing room and then I can re recalibrate there. It translates really easily. Um, I, I completely agree with you on that aspect of life. Like everybody should do mixed martial arts because it's more... To me, it's more spiritual development than people realize, and I think it. I think it is actually. Uh, it, it's pretty helpful for the ego and for humility as well. But so, in your time serving in the military, uh, are you still in the military? By the way, uh, well, I just no, I'm not. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. So during your time there, you said you went to Africa and South America. Um, well, I, I went to Africa on my own accord. Oh, South really? America okay. on my own accord as well. Yeah, Where'd you I was go to deployed. Africa? I was I was deployed to Europe just to work with um, some some European allies. But okay. those other trips were just because I I was having a blast. Okay. All right. So well, well, going to those different parts of the world, whether it was recreationally or for military, um, what were some of the kind of more profound things that that hit you and changed your perspective on life while you were out there? Were there any significant places that really had an impact on you? I mean, yeah, for sure. I, uh, you know, I, I always, I always say that you should really go to a less fortunate country. Mm -hmm. Everyone should. I think that that really opens your eyes up. You know, I remember I was, I was, I was going through. I was in Eastern Europe, in one of the 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 post communist countries, and there was this old guy, and he had like six goats, right? And he must have been like seventy five years old. Well, I don't know, but he was he was hunched over and he was walking with a cane and he had these six goats and he was like walking off in this direction. Jeez. And I I looked and there was nothing in the direction he was walking as far as the horizon. Oh man. And the horizon is like usually at least 5 kilometers away. So at, you know, 4 p.m., this guy has at minimum a 5 and a half kilometer hike ahead of him with his six goats and he's all hunched over and old. And I remember just being like damn you know like <laughs> we have it so good and we really do you know the 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 more that you sort of get to open up your eyes to different aspects of the world mm -hmm. the more that you you see all these like countries that like they don't have this stuff that we have and they're like better to each other a lot of the times when i was in yeah. morocco uh the the markets in morocco are like I was in Marrakesh for a little bit, and this is the city I'm going to talk about um, because Casablanca was a bit, a bit different. But Marrakesh specifically, like they have all these vendors in these really yep. tight streets, and they have like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of vendors. Mm. And like they all, all those vendors look after each other, and they all work together, and they all like talk about you know what their prices are going to be, like whatever it is. If right. someone steals something, some other like five shop vendors would come out and like get the guy, you know, and yeah. everyone's like in this incredibly interconnected community. And then you look at sort of North America, like people will live in apartment buildings and not know anyone in the apartments beside them. Right. And, or, or they just won't know their neighbors at all nowadays. It's very strange. Like it's, it's, it's just, I feel like 
sometimes hardship really breeds connectivity between communities. Yep. And I think that that might be something that I, I noticed specifically about um, some of the countries I went to was just how connected a lot of the people that live there are, you know, and they really work together really well a lot of the time. Yep. So it's it's definitely interesting, you know, and, and they're all so amazing. It, like, like yep. you go to you go to anywhere in the Islamic world and you are going to some of the most important human sites on planet Earth. The amount yep. of information that they have developed over the course of history, like, you know, you go to to even even like the heart of the Middle East, like the Ionian Revolution, we were talking about the, the Persian empires and, and all of the land that they conquered and, and how important the trade routes through those areas were and like all this land and all this history, it's so deep and, and the, the architecture is so incredible. You know, it, yeah. it's so unbelievable to get to see how old these places are. You know, yeah. unfortunately... You, in North America, a lot of people disregard that we also have an incredibly deep history. You know, our the, the natives that were here before us, they have an, an amazingly deep and um, incredible history themselves. But unfortunately, they didn't write or, or build as much yeah. that lasted as long um, before like the 1500s, right? We, we have like Chichen Itza and a lot of amer- amazing places in, in South America, but, yeah. and there's, there's actually South America does have a lot more uh, older architecture that you can check out. But as far as North America goes, I think, especially because of the climate, there wasn't yeah. as much long standing structures that we still have. But when you go to Europe or, or North Africa or the Middle East, you can see stuff that's like 3000 years old. And yeah. it's so unbelievable to me. I just like, you know, and that's that's my history brain popping back in. But I just get so amped up about it, you know. Uh, but I will say, like, if you have connections to to people that have been in North America, you know, mm-hmm. whose ancestors have been here for 2000 years, like go have conversations with those people the or read read books that they've written, um, yeah. because the, North America has incredible history as well. It's just something that we forget about a lot. So, yeah, that's what I would take away from travel is just how long people have been everywhere. You know, they've been there for thousands and thousands of years. It's so cool. That's incredible. Are Are there any particular, like, historians or probably, like, human history references that you yourself pull a lot of information from or, like, are just a fan of in general that people ought to look into? Um, hmm. Yeah, I, my I have actually I put them on my website, but I have a couple of like my favorite books that I've read. Um, one of them is definitely Meditations by Marcus Aurelius, because that okay. will help you relate to the similarities that humans have been dealing with for the past two thousand years. Um, the Art of War by Sun Tzu, if you're if you're a, if you're in the military or something, and you get it. to see how yeah how similar it is. And the version that I read had sort of like a hundred pages of of chinese history at the start of it um and that was super cool because i I actually don't have that much of uh, information about chinese history which is something that i'll hopefully be able to expand on eventually nice but those two also uh just for like a more fun read like animal farm is super awesome it'll help you get a really good understanding of uh animal farm is legit i yeah i don't i don't get how people how like people have not read that more and how that's not a more popular book I know it's crazy. Like it's it's so cool. Like the the connections he makes with human beings through the through his his portrayal of animals is and you're and unreal. it's like you're watching this catastrophe like unfold as you like keep getting further and further into this book and you're just like like it somehow stresses you out and it's literally just a barn of animals. <laughs> well, I I remember when I finished it, I sort of thought to myself for a second. I was like. Man, I kind of wanted a happy ending, but I just knew it wasn't going to be. You know, once you get to yeah. page, like, once you get three quarters of the way through, you're kind of like, oh, wait, this doesn't end well. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, wait a minute. It's not going to get better for these four guys. But, yeah, I would say that those three are some pretty awesome books. If you just want to get a general idea of, of some historical topics. Yeah. Um, somebody recommended uh, 1984 by George Orwell to me, and I haven't gotten into that yet. I actually wanted to know if you've had the chance to read that yet. No, unfortunately, I haven't read the whole book. I, I've like I've obviously dove into some. I I, I do a lot of. Uh, I'll, I'll like get the summaries of books, and I'll sort mm-hmm. of like get an idea of what they're talking about. Um, but I haven't read it. It's definitely okay. on my list, though. 
Yeah. I, uh, while I was digging <clears throat> into you guys as well, I saw uh, an excerpt where Ashton was talking about how he read the entire Bible at like the age of seven or eight and just talking about how just enthralled with uh, like the literature that he was reading, even at that young age. Um, have you read the Bible? And if so, uh, is, is there anything that kind of stands out to you a lot or is just like, uh, I, this would definitely be like a question for Ashton and everything, but is there mm -hmm. a lot that you kind of look at there and you're like, Oh my gosh, there's so much human history that applies today. Yeah. So I, I went to a Catholic school actually. Um, okay, cool. For six years. I wouldn't by any means call myself like a very religious person. Mm -hmm. Um, but, something that I love to look into, you know, Catholicism, the Bible, but also other religions across the world is they really are an amazing lens into understanding humans, especially at the times that they were written. So, so it's, it's a great way to understand how humanity has structured itself and how the belief structures of different cultures through religion. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's like, it, it the Bible is as you know, I wouldn't I personally, and this is totally personally, I would not take it as a literal historical text, but to say mm. that it's anything other than an unbelievably important piece of human historical writing would be an understatement. It is yeah. it is probably one of our most important, <laughs> most important things written down. And mm. the amount of information that you can get from, you know, if you want to read the whole thing, like, like I would encourage everyone to read the whole thing as I would encourage everyone to read, you know, the whole Quran. I would encourage everyone to read, you know, uh, Hindu uh, yeah. religious books because you get to really understand. Um, and, and again, the same thing I was saying this whole time is is once you can sort of approach these things from a more open minded idea, you'll be able to see how similar a lot of the teachings are. And yeah. they're super important when we look at, you know, what, what we can understand of human values over the course of history. Because yeah. like I said, you know, for the past 2,500 years, our core humanity has not changed as much as people think it is. So it's, it's cool to be able to look at these texts and understand what they learned over these thousands of years that they were written. Because otherwise we're dismissing thousands of years of human knowledge, which is... Yeah the complete opposite of what we should do to pretend that humans know better within the past 200 years as they have known other times in history, I right. think would be incorrect. Like some of the philosophers from ancient Greece are some of the greatest philosophers, philosophers we still have to this day. So why yeah. wouldn't you look at the, the uh, philosophical teachings of the Bible as well to understand yeah. and modern then, well, humans? Also, it, it's just incredibly unhealthy for you to literally isolate yourself into like one piece of literature and to reject everything else without investigating it. Like I'm a, I'm a Christian and like, mm -hmm. I'm a, I'm a devout Christian. I go to church every Sunday and like my life is centered around Christianity and Jesus, but I'm not going to do myself the disservice of not understanding these other ideas that are legitimate parts of human history that have brought different people groups from from wherever they've come from if if i especially want to be able to uh live in what i believe i can't do myself the disservice of rejecting everything else because then that just breeds catastrophe over and over and over again and that that to me is like how exactly how you repeat human history is when you keep rejecting the like you don't even want to hear these ideas you know, and that's like, I, I couldn't agree with you more on just simply like come at this with an objective open mind and then let the truth have its day. Like if you challenge one idea to another and you press and you press and you press and you, you mull it all over and then you reinvestigate it again and you sift like through kind of the, the fogginess or the dirt and you get to the more like precise details of these things, like eventually the truth is going to reveal itself to you. And for me, that's, for me, that's Christianity and that's the Bible, but that wouldn't be as refined and solid for me today. If I hadn't investigated those other religions, if I hadn't 
read the Quran or if I hadn't uh, like studied Hinduism or if I just didn't look at the other ideologies of the world. I think you're absolutely correct when you say that. Um, that you know, I I think it's just so important to. I don't know if like our education system puts enough emphasis on it or not, but to have more of an open panel of like, Hey, let's bring these ideas to the table. Let's all, you know, be respectful of one another, but you know, let's, let's challenge these ideas a little bit, or let's just put them out there and let people get the chance to investigate them on their own, wherever they, uh, agree with them or not. But, um, yeah, I mean that that's my two cents on that. I think you're absolutely right when it comes to that. Yeah, man, stuff. if you're if you're confident in your belief system, then you should not be scared of entertaining other ideas, right? The the right. I think I think the quote is the key to an intelligent mind is to be able to entertain an idea without accepting it. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, man, like a lot of people I know I know a lot of, you know, faith-based people and they say that researching other religions helped them f- better understand their own faith and then be closer to whatever you know like if, like you said with jesus or whatever it helped them be closer because they were right. able to really get a better understanding of one that these teachings are actually quite consistent and similar across different cultures in, in the world but also that maybe it made them believe in it more or maybe whatever it is right it just helps people recognize the similarities that we have mm-hmm. and that everyone just wants the a, a better world for the most part to generalize um but yeah, so you know, I, I'm super supportive of everyone that believes what they want to believe, you know, and and people that actually challenge their beliefs because that's that's the way to to understand to understand what you want to believe. You must have challenged those beliefs, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, uh, Riley, let me ask you a couple more questions, and then we'll wrap it up. It's been awesome having you on the podcast, but I mean, I I think the Human Histories podcast, I mean. It, you guys are going to be on, poor, on on par with hardcore history here soon enough. Like I know you will for sure. It just you <laughs> I really guys appreciate that man. We're a big uh, fan of him. Yeah, dude, he's awesome. But uh, so <clears throat> one question that I wanted to ask, since you uh, do heavy investigations of these historical topics, are there any uh, investigations in human history? that you would like to get the answers to that you haven't gotten the answers to yet, or maybe even as like our education system hasn't gotten the answer to yet. And so like for, for a brief example, I'd say like who built the pyramids or something like that. You know what I mean? Are there any investigations that you are really hoping to get the answers to here soon or in your lifetime? Um, I think that one of the things you sort of have to accept when you're looking into history is that you will never actually know the answer. I kind of mm-hmm. say that history is almost always theory and we're just sort of going off what we can go off best. So as much as as much as do trust me, every time I research a topic, I wish I could just be sitting in the room with all the guys talking about it right. 2000 years ago. I wish I could know perfectly what happened, but I think that just step 1, accept that there are no answers. History is not black and white. You just have to get a general idea as best you can as to what might have happened. You know, yeah. on our show, we sort of, on our show, we'll, just to simplify things, we don't dive into the eight different strands that this story could have gone. We usually sort of pick one that we think is most realistic, but we always say, hey man, this is what we think might have happened. This is yeah. potentially what could have happened. And I think that that's definitely something that unfortunately I'll never, I'll never get the answers, <laughs> you know, I'll yeah. never, I'll never. And, and that's kind of what makes me love history as well though. Right. It's a never ending pursuit of information and yeah. of answers and you just never get them. So you just sort of have to, you just got to swallow that pill that you're never going to get all the answers you want. But every time I do the research, I always feel closer you know, and, and even though I'll never, I'll never, there'll never be a day where I sit back in my chair and say, I know all human history, but you know, once we've been doing this, our show for five years, I I can only imagine how much information I'll have studied and researched. And, you know, then I can go back and listen to our own show. Like, it's funny, my dad is, you know, obviously supportive and he's listening to this show and he's like, man, I'm learning cool stuff that I didn't know about. And he's a big history buff too. And it's like, yeah, like, it's so cool because I'm, I'm learning cool stuff I didn't know about. So 
that Absolutely. that to me is 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 the answer is enough well brother that's incredible um well man how can let's let's do this let's wrap it up with this final question uh how can people find you and find your content let's shout this out for my audience uh, well, pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts, it's Human Histories, Histories with an I-E-S at the end, Human Histories Podcast. You can also go to humanhistoriespodcast.com, and that'll just take you pretty much through everything. We have show notes on there. We have the About Us page. We have all the episodes as well are up on the, the main page. And then if if you guys just want to like see where the podcast is going, get, get clips mm-hmm. and maybe hop into an episode here and there, just follow the Instagram at Human Histories Podcast on Instagram. That's, that's a cool. good way to, to follow people. Is there a way to support you guys as well? Maybe donation pages or anything like that as well? Yeah, so we have a donation page on Patreon, again, at Human Histories Podcast, and that's through the website. You'll see that. But another great way is if you want to go to, I have a sources page, and on the sources page, I list all the good books that we use for our certain episodes, as well as good books that we want to use um, just generally, like the ones I actually listed off. They're all there, and they're affiliate yeah. links. So if people purchase through those links, we get some some. Um, financial blowback as well and that's that's essentially a free way to support the show so you know I, yeah. I like to to just give people as much of a, a less intrusive way as possible to support the show and those are the two best ways yeah I feel that cool well Riley brother thank you so much for coming on the show it's been legit Thanks talking for having to me, you. Man. Uh, if you and Ashton are ever in Kentucky, I'll be happy to, you know, get you guys some bourbon and give you a history lesson on bourbon. But uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd love that, man. I'm a big bourbon fan. So cool, cool. Well, bro, thank you so much for being on the podcast, uh, ladies and gentlemen. That was Riley Osborne. And if you want to listen to more of his content, you can obviously find him on Human Histories podcast. And I will leave links to uh, finding his podcast in the description of the episode. Thanks for listening, everybody.